On this week's episode of the We've Seen That Podcast, we're talking about The Shining. I'm Scott. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. episode of the halloween bonanza which is what i have dubbed our current slate of four movies and god damn it he's back he's fucking back ladies and gentlemen jim is back the man himself nowhere else i'd rather be that's for sure damn right damn right the seventy-five thousand have missed you and uh yeah i mean i've missed you personally oh thanks i just want to say that you guys are so sweet we have (laughs) and 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 as you'll soon learn, Jim has been busy in the movie world. He did admit to me off air that he, Anthony, he has not listened to our podcast. Are we going to give him a pass? That's okay. I'm going to. It's yeah. on the backlog. It's on the backlog. But I haven't okay, been so working right now, which is when I listen to my pods. I can't as really I'm, be mad at him for watching movies and bringing content to the pod for when he returns. So technically, he's fair. like, yeah, he's just he, he's filling, he's working basically without working. You know, never not, never not working. Yeah. Other right. than the movie for this week's pod, I watched nine other movies in the past three weeks oh. that I've missed. So that's brought a pile of ratings weeks. this week. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, with that, I mean, why don't we just let's get right into it? I mean, um, also hope hope you enjoyed the uh, the new Halloween intro. Uh, I'd like to say that I'm kind of a DJ now, um, and it's a lot harder than it looks. So um, they were all legally downloaded, so we got <laughs> that going for us. Um, anyway, what we're watching, and how about I lead off, Jim? We're gonna finish with you because I, that sounds good. What we're gonna do with what we're going to do with Jim's is just a little rapid-fire ranking, because uh, he cannot talk about nine movies. Well, he could, but I don't think he wants to. Well, so, we'd have to probably um, extend the episode then, and we've been trying to keep him yeah. a little more trim now. So, Yeah, yeah. So, mine's pretty simple. Um, I'm continuing watching Orange is the New Black. Jim, have you seen that? I watched the first few seasons. Um, I know it's based upon a true story, right? It's based upon like the memoir of the main chick. I forget her name. Uh, I did not know that at all. Yeah, well, and eventually is... it just gets so off the rails that I find it totally implausible. Well, that's what, I mean, I thought the whole thing was implausible, so that is pretty crazy to say that even part of this might be true. Um, I guess I'll have to read that book. I don't read, so that's probably not I don't know how long they stuck with what she had, because I know at that point Netflix was like really churning out seasons of stuff. They wanted to have the long-running shows as opposed to their I'm new sure. model of just producing a pile of content and cutting it after two right. seasons. and I bet after it was, they saw how popular it was, too, to start, they probably didn't want to stop that cash well, grab. And that was, like, the, very early on in, like, the streaming exclusives sort of era of Netflix, yeah. right? Sure, yeah. It, well, and, like, the, the premise of the entire thing is definitely believable to be true. Like, guy's fiancé goes to jail and, like, they break up that's a total 
plausible thing, but certain things after that, Jim, I can certainly see where you'd say it's probably not true. The other more important thing that I watched was Halloween 5. I don't know how, like, I've missed this intro of a movie, but boys, I mean, have you seen it? Have you seen, you've probably seen I've it. You just don't I've seen remember. the movie and I remember, you know, I just remember this. I had to YouTube the, you know, the opening scene after you sent us it in the group chat, but I remember it's insane. I, the That's only part real. I could seriously remember is him. Cause I remember watching, you know, the, all the Halloween movies like every year, um, back in like college with my buddy Cole, we just sit down and watch them like, and they would just always come on. And we just laugh so hard of him just, like, throwing his body into the river and just, like, oh floating down the fucking river, what, like, half what dead. What kills me is, like, he he ends up in... Michael Myers ends up in the lair of this old man making soup. And that was Halloween night. It's like a pirate. Before. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he's laying on some stone table a full 364 days later, yeah. and the guy's still making soup? And then he kills him? It's like it's unbelievable. I mean, it really kind of puts a little supernatural twist on Michael Myers. But another thing of this, what movie is the that soup forgot, made of? I've never seen this movie, I so I, it, it it doesn't. He's got he, he's, he's like Jim. He's like a freaking, is the old man like a weird crazy person yeah. or murderer? Yeah, he, he lives looks. In a cave. He's like a pirate living in a cave right outside of Haddonfield or something. I he's love it. He's got a parrot. Yeah, it's yeah. fucked. Does up. he have a peg leg? Yeah. Uh, he might. He should. Yeah, you never get to Talk see Talk about him, improvement but... to the movie. It's right, but <laughs> Hollywood call me. Thing... It's well, absurd. The other, thing with... the other thing with this movie is every time the cops come, this, like, gag, like, clown music plays. Because they're, like, the dopes of the show. And I'm like, how did I miss this, too? Like, they come over and it's like, do, 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 do. And I'm like, <laughs> what, the cops are here? And we're just going to fucking throw them right under the bus, I guess? I mean... Whatever. Um, it's not a very good movie. If I had to rank it, it's probably a four out of ten. But it's one of those movies again where, entertainment-wise, man, I was I was hooked from the beginning because they fucking load his chest with shotguns and and then throw a stick of dynamite in the tunnel. <laughs> he falls, poof, blows up. But as the Halloween music starts, it's him diving into the river. Crawling and it's just, out. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal <laughs> stuff. You get to see him float all the way down a river. I mean, I can't believe I, I forgot that happened. But, um, yeah. So I watched Halloween 5, and I'm sure I, I am telling you this week, it is October 15th. I'll be very busy through Friday. I think Thursday night I'm going to try really hard to get to uh, Halloween Kills. That was going to be my next statement is we should also note that Halloween Kills comes out on October 15th. Yeah, Mm. Uh, so I'm going to try really hard to to get to the theater this week because I'm very excited for that movie. So with that being said, Anthony, what have you been watching? Um... Same old Sopranos, but I actually did watch two movies this week. Um... The Many Saints of Newark, the Sopranos quote-unquote sequel, um, came out last Friday, and I watched it. It's it's okay. I think, what did I give it? A 6 out of 10, I believe. Um, it's I just hated how they marketed as like a story about young Tony Soprano when it really isn't at all. He's definitely in it, played by James Gandolfini's son, Michael who does a decent job, but it's really just about his, like, uncle or Christopher in The Sopranos show, Christopher's dad. Um, he's just a baby in the in the movie here, but 
it's really about him and what he did to kind of come to prominence and end up dying in the end spoiler alert but if you've seen the show people would know <laughs> um yeah it's just there's a couple just like fan servicey things like you know quotes you might have heard in the show that they just do a little prequel callback sort of thing um a lot of the characters have the same mannerisms as they do just younger versions of themselves but um all in all i mean it was okay a little underwhelming i was kind of excited for this movie but um the performances were pretty good it's just a lot of the plot lines didn't really make too much sense or like come together towards the end of the movie so it's it was pretty average um forgive me for not remembering but have you seen all of um the sopranos before it was close i've been keeping up i think i've five episodes left okay and then i'm done with the show yep so i've kind of just i've been hammering it the last like two weeks and it's just season six um the last season is actually split into two parts so like i think there's 20 i don't know like 23 maybe so there was like 12 or 13 episodes in the first part and then like you know i i'm on to the second part now so i think i only have like six left but yeah almost done so it's been it's probably one of the best shows i've ever seen i don't know if i'm ready to like put it past something like as much as i don't want to talk about it like a show like game of thrones which i just loved for six and a you know five and a half seasons um and then obviously breaking bad which i think is hard to beat right now in my top show list but it's up there for sure i mean i really enjoy it we'll see how I kind of know how it ends already since it's been out so long, but um, I just can't wait to finally see how the rest of the pieces like fall into place here over the last couple episodes. Well, it was kind of um, a TV masterpiece that people thought of for so long too that like, you know, you're finally part of a group of people that you know you weren't before, right. you know, because you're able to talk about something that was so huge when it was on and then eventually finally off the air. Yeah, I mean, it was so ahead of its time because like now we get. You know, every other every year you get some sort of prestige television show that Absolutely. usually takes the world by storm that's really, really good. Like, this came out in, like, 2001. Like, TV was not thought of as, like, you know, some you had to watch. You know, there's a lot of shows people tune into every week, but this was, like, the first real, at least in my opinion, from what I can remember, that people were really, like, super pumped about, like, every season when it was coming out. Like, talk about every episode. Like, it was, it was a big deal. So, yeah, I'm glad I'm finally getting around to it. And should be done here within the next week i'm sure probably finish it uh, by by tuesday or wednesday i bet <laughs> kind of crank them out um, love it yeah and then the last one i watched was those who wish me dead which was a movie that came out like last year i believe with uh angelina jolie um she plays like a forest fire like a forest fire fighter sort of like protector fighter yeah um and she helps save this little kid whose dad gets shot he's like caught up in some shit where he knows this like information and this group of people come out to kill him because he knows too much. But that's really, I wish I could tell you what he knew because the movie doesn't tell you. And it really is distracting because you just know that he knows something and he ends up getting killed. But then these guys are just chasing this little kid then and you really never find out why. Um, and it features one of the most ridiculous lightning, like storm sequences I've ever seen in my life. Like, Angelina Jolie and this kid are running across this open field, and there's just, like, lightning strikes just coming down. Because, I don't know, because they're the tallest things in this field, they're just supposed to be, like, targets. So she's like, every time I say drop, drop, and they, like, run across, and it's, it was just ridiculous. It's, like, a 4 out of 10. It wasn't very good. And that's the HBO Max original, right? It's on HBO Max, yep. Yeah. 
That's where I watched that one. So, and I guess I should say that's where many scenes of Newark was, along with in theaters too. But I saw it on HBO. But yeah. All right, Jim. Let's hear it. Okay, so we're gonna uh, do these in reverse order of when I watched them. So this is the most recent (laughs) one. Oh wow. Uh, Deadpool. We watched last night. Gave a nine out of ten. Pokemon: The Movie Secrets of the Jungle. This is brand new on Netflix. Five out of ten. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Eight out of ten. The Poseidon Adventure. This is the old one from the 70s. It's on HBO Max right now. 6 out of 10. The Greatest Showman. 7 out of 10. Would not like that movie as well if the songs were not absolute bangers. Amen. Ace Ventura Pet Detective, or the original on HBO Max. 3 out of 10. Ooh. Baby Driver. 10 out of 10. Spider-Man Far oh, From wow. Home. I told you guys this. It was far from good. It's a 4 out of 10. <laughs> Hellraiser, which is on Prime right now, got a five out of ten, and then Avengers Endgame got a six out of ten. And that was I watched while I was still in the hospital. So well, you let me guess. So you finished the journey. I'm totally caught yeah. up, other than Shang Chi, yeah. and um. Well, I'm not even. There. And the Marvel yeah, one shot thing they did, the Mandarin one that's on Disney Plus. Right. So, um, Anthony, can I guess which score you didn't like? Well, I, I mean. I got a little confused. I saw Pet Detective, which is the first one, which is still a classic, but I prefer When Nature Calls, to be honest. I loved that movie when I was a kid, and that's why I decided to put it on, and I was so disappointed that I felt like it didn't hold up. (laughs) It is so ridiculous. It is kind of crazy, yeah. Jim Carrey's just a fucking nutcase, too. (laughs) I think think I'd also give Baby Driver a 10. It's so good. The way they choreographed, like, fucking car chases to the music was just insanely good. How awesome was the Queen song in the end with fucking John Hamm behind the wheel? Oh, my God. that Like, that is one of the coolest movie scenes I've ever seen. And he's just so pissed off because his girl's dead now. Like, it's it's such a great finish to me. Yeah, I was talking with Angie about where I recognize... uh, Really? ...that his girlfriend from... And she played, um... The the female lead in the Rocky Horror Picture Show like decades ago, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, but hasn't done much else. I forget her name now. Holy sh- oh, the the wife of John Hamm or, or whatever. Yeah, she is darling. I think her name is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it shouldn't surprise you. Baby Driver has great music. Like Shaun of the Dead had great music. Edgar Wright movies yeah. tend tend to. Her name is Isa Gonzalez. Bangers. Okay. Um. Yeah, so he's got that new movie coming out, or it may have came out in theaters already. I'm not sure that last night in Soho, which looks pretty good with Anya Taylor Joy. Um, and I'm gonna course correct like right now because she was in like a 2020 like remake live stream thing of Rocky Horror Picture Show. She was not in the original, so my bad for leading everyone astray for a couple minutes there. <laughs> we'll yeah. forgive you. So yeah, right. no, I agree. I agree with the ten of ten. Uh, one thing on the Greatest Showman. Um, Boy, oh boy, I feel like this is one of the first movies that Disney did not do their research on, Jim. Would yeah, because P.T. Barnum's, true? like, apparently a terrible Fucking asshole. shithead. Yeah, like, and they made him out to be this guy who sees the best qualities in people, and I was like, They uh, could not have sold that no. movie if they didn't turn him into a hero. 100%, and I mean, like... I like the story, awesome, but it's... But, but the entire story is bullshit, you know? It's To right. say that so, it is based look, on a real person is just absolutely obscene. I would have just changed his name. That's all I would have done, and then you're fine. Then it's like no big deal. But no, P.T. Barnum, fucking dipshit. Uh, 
look it up sometime and see some of the shit that he pulled. Not good. Not good. Definitely did not care for people. We'll put it that way. Um, but what else was in there that I... Far From Home, I do, I do agree. It wasn't that good. Uh, well, and first... Peter's such a fucking dumbass for being... Supposed to being the smartest kid at his, like, high school. His fancy high school he goes to. And he gives away the Edith sunglasses to a guy who is very clearly a villain that he just met a couple days ago. What a moron. Yeah. I haven't seen that one in a while. I probably should see both before I see the new Spider-Man. Hall was but... the highlight of that movie, but then the post-credits scene where both Maria Hill and Nick Fury end up being Skrulls, that frustrated me so bad. Because any advancement that Nick Fury's character had by being taken in by Mysterio, like in being fooled, is all out the window. It doesn't fucking matter. That right. made me really angry. Because he did the real ones just on vacation. <laughs> yeah, he's like on. He was what? on like a beach, but it was like a virtual beach in space, sort yeah. of thing. So I mean, wonder what they'll do with that. That's more exciting to me than like the fact that he wasn't there. Right. Well, here's one to hoping around. this next one doesn't disappoint Jim as much as the first two did. Yeah, I really hope so this next one is so good. So, so long. <laughs> I, there's a bunch of uh, super hype coming up because I, I'm probably going to see Bond soon. Um, yeah, there's this hot. This Dune is coming Dune. out in just a couple weeks. Halloween Venom's out. I kind of want to go see that too. Any word on that? What, I've heard it's scores from they're midling. Okay. okay. I heard the best part what? of the first one was because it didn't really know. You know, it was funny without like really trying to be at the same time, and that's sure. kind of what people loved about it, like the innocence. And now they've kind of like really dove into how ridiculous the first one was and i heard it kind of hurts mm. the score a little bit but who knows i still enjoyed the first one enough to give this one a shot for sure jim uh i liked your score on mike and dave need wedding dates too because that is a very funny movie i think it's a that little bit underrated that. honestly that one's pretty good yeah it's fun it's definitely fun um all right well considering anthony and i have been making up the noise for this the previous weeks i think it's time jim for the return of the i'm not stalling right now the horn. sorry scott but it's you back. you just don't do quite quite justice as that does just no you no. should still have it on your phone so i don't know why you've been doing it yourselves apparently I however looked. i can't wait to listen to the episodes where you did <laughs> i looked and i didn't look hard enough probably and just was like fuck it i'll make the noise with my mouth it did not go great i would imagine um but let's uh let's start with with piece a here i'll read this one first jim scar joe and disney have settled for an undisclosed amount so does this mean she's she got paid something um i don't know if it means she's back in the tower of terror movie all I know is that ah. they both came out and said they look forward to continuing to work together. She issued a statement through her lawyer and Disney, like, PR released a statement saying basically the same thing. Yeah. I mean, no matter what spectrum you fall on, if you, like, support her or think she may have been a little, you know, unrealistic, it's still, like, it wouldn't have been a good look for Disney to try to, like, completely blacklist one of, like, the hottest female stars. Well, and know, if it would have went to, like, a industry. public court hearing, like... I can't imagine anything yeah. good would have been said about either side. You know, that's kind of the right. way those things seem to go. I would have looked forward to that. Yeah, I would have too, but we're like movie oh. nerds. <laughs> the dark side of the mouse. Like, let's bring it out. <laughs> there you go. The suits. Yeah. 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 
Um, all right, Jim, go ahead with the uh, rest of the hype. Here. Next thing we got is there's apparently an Agatha Harkness spinoff in the works at Disney from the WandaVision head writer. So I think it's going to be a TV show. I don't know if it's, I guess, I'm assuming it's a TV show for Disney Plus, I, but. I got no, I got no wood for this. I mean, I think I mean, it could be fun. You know, um, Catherine Hahn was top notch in that role, but can she yeah. support an entire series? Right. Yes, that's. I, a, I hope so. they're just not like biting off too much. Like they're clearly you're just trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice. You're taking one of the more popular aspects of that first season of WandaVision and then just trying to expand. Which maybe I don't know, but it depends. Well, now are you going to have to go like? Is it supposed to be like a prequel then? Because isn't she like kind of locked up? Yeah, she's unquote? like trapped in yeah. that little like pocket universe thing, right? Right. So, who knows? I'm wondering, like, she's kind of an off-the-beaten-path character, I guess, in my opinion, having never heard of her before the show. So, like, are they going to bring in even more obscure characters in order to support her in a show or movie? You know, and right. whether or not that will land. With, obviously, the super fans, it will, but whether or not it's with, you know, normal Joe Blow Marvel fan like me, if that'll work. Yeah. Sure. Next thing we got is... Confirmed at Netflix, that 90s show is in the works. Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp are both coming back as Red and Kitty Foreman. It will be a 10-episode season that will center on Leia Foreman, Eric and Donna's daughter, while she's staying with her grandparents. This is going to be atrocious. Uh, (laughs) Did you guys know that they attempted a That's 80 show? Yep. I did not know that was a thing. It was years ago, but... They did it, like, it immediately thereafter, way. didn't they? Because they were like, well, yeah, we need to keep making older. money. Yeah. And the guy that plays Dennis in Always Sunny in Philadelphia was in it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I can't think wow. of the actor's name right now. Glenn Howerton. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Woof. Yeah. And okay. it was, I heard it was awful, you know. So this, Yeah, this I is going to be shit. I mean, their only hope is they're hoping, again, to maybe just strike twice with having those two original characters come back and play the grandparents so i mean maybe. how the fuck old is kurtwood smith <laughs> i mean uh, he was at my college like four years ago cassie met him so um yeah he was at know, mine too he is old. 78 years old what how we many... just said right there what if the fact that he's been at university of whitewater and the university of green bay means his career is dead that's what that means right there. He was How campaigning for politicians. Say... I mean, what else did he have to do, apparently? Over under yeah. Scott on 15 dumbasses in the first season of that 90s show. First episode. First episode. You ain't gonna say, you gonna say over 15? He, they're just gonna lather it all on. Probably. Gonna I'm gonna well, say no. under, actually. I think they'll try and restrain themselves from that, but it'll happen at least once. Yeah. For sure. I'm gonna end up watching this, and I'm gonna like probably end up hate watching it because I think this well, is the stupidest thing that Hollywood's hope, done. Right. Well, the only hope is that it's, you know, it's Netflix backed. So I mean, at least they'll have the resources to, you know. Yeah, that's a really I, good who point. Knows? Who knows? And I mean, if they don't bring back Eric and Donna, I mean, like, to be frank, they were the characters I identified the most with on the show. You know, the most normal yeah. of them, other than maybe kelso and jackie i mean and i mean that's not to say that fez was not hilarious but i always saw yeah. myself as an eric guy the nerd who loved you know star wars right yeah for sure then we got a couple of trailers here house of the dragon uh, the game of thrones prequel released a trailer this is apparently coming to us in 2022 i was not a big fan of this trailer 
Really? Not a single fucking dragon when the Targaryens were apparently in their heyday. There should have been Did all kinds of dragons that? in that trailer. There is reports, though, that there's supposed to be, like, nine dragons, I guess. That has me a little well, bit more on the hype. Nine. We saw three, and we thought it was the coolest thing in the world, which well, they were, but... But, and now, like, those dragons will have to die, right? Depends how far they go with the show. This is set, like, 200 years before Game of Thrones. Oh, so maybe not. Right. Maybe not. So I don't okay. know. I still don't know. Do we know if this is planned on just being like a, like a one season? Th- are they trying to do like a real? Sort it's of HBO. They're trying here. to do a full show. They want to make some money. Yeah. So I I saw an interview with Christina Milioti talking about the end of How I Met Your Mother, and uh, she she talked about like the end of a show, kind of being like when you have a breakup with someone and you'd rather be like no fuck that person you know it's like not amicable when it doesn't go well that of course describes game of thrones but the good the the best of best shows don't have that so like when the the el camino movie came out for breaking bad i was all in like yeah this is gonna be awesome because the ending of breaking bad i have zero issues with but like I, it's hard to get hyped for something where you know the end is still so bad. Well, yeah, and, because and it's like, going to make me want to watch Game of Thrones again and, and then be so right. disappointed. And that's the problem. Well, that's it, what makes a rewatch of Game of Thrones so fucking hard is when you watch that first season and it's literally some of the greatest on-screen shit, you've movie or TV show you've ever seen in your life, and then you just know if you get invested, you're just going to be pissed off by the end of it. It's it's tough. What you got to do is you probably should watch the last season first and then go back to season one, knowing that you're not going to watch the last season when you finally yeah, get maybe. there. I really haven't seen... I've seen only season eight once. So Me too. depending on how well this prequel does, do you think somebody in the world will just be like, fuck it, I'm going to fix this? And like no. either we get no. Why? Why not? Why though? Because trying to pick up another artist's to... work and actually sell and it to somebody, having, and you'd never be able to get. And I wouldn't be. I even if it was, even if it was good, yeah, better written. I don't think I could watch it with different actors and stuff because they'll mm-hmm. never get everybody back to come mm-hmm. do it. I just That's yeah, true. especially I when some of those actors got so much hate from how it ended. You know, like right. which is not their and fault. No, but they're all, you know, they all have bigger careers now because of it, but I just don't, it'd be way too hard to try to get everybody to come back and, like, redo yeah. It's just, it's no way. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a it's shame. Just that, that's the frustration of seeing a, a, a trailer where I was kind of like, I'm interested in well, this. Well, this could, I'm know? not, it's all just if you have a good, well-written story. That's all yeah. it is. I mean, that was what made Game of Thrones so great, and it helped having five novels already written yeah. for you to follow. Yeah, and once they ran out of runway, there was a problem. Yeah, I mean, those novels themselves are critically acclaimed for being great. So you have a perfect screenplay right there to follow anyway for your first bunch, and then it's up to you to try to fill in the pieces, and they clearly didn't have the right people to do it. Um, Not saying they didn't, they did a great job bringing it to screen for the first, Mm -hmm. you know, five or so seasons. They did an amazing job. Everyone loved it, but once they had to do it on their own, it clearly... Was a problem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about something maybe just the slightest bit more exciting. New trailer for Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. This is coming in de- on December 3rd, only in theaters. Um, I actually kind of like this trailer. 
we were discussing before we started recording about Anthony and I don't have never played the original Resident Evil game, so unaware whether or not this follows that storyline, because the original run of movies did not. Right. Um, but this seems a little bit more closer to what that could have been, from what I understand from reading about the first game. Yeah, it looks pretty entertaining too. Like we said, we were loving the music they had playing in the trailer. Like, yeah, the monsters look creepy as fuck. I'm down for right. it. It looks pretty good. December, right? December 6th? 3rd. Did you say? 3rd, okay. Yeah, so a couple of months out, so hopefully we'll see another trailer between now and then, I think. That'll get me a little more excited. Because, like, they don't really show you much of the story at all, and maybe I think they need to show us actually a little bit more of what's going to happen in terms of story before we get to the theater for it. Right. And and that completes the hype. And let's get into it. Let's get into The Shining, uh, the 1980 horror cult classic. Uh, my first watch through of this, by the way, so I wanted to start with that. But Jim, do you have the IMDb uh, synopsis? synopsis? Yes, I do. Yeah. So this is currently streaming on HBO Max. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence Fuck. influences the father into violence. While his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. So you heard me say fuck in there because that's because I piped up the three ninety nine to to rent this movie. <laughs> I didn't know it was on HBO Max, so fuck. I didn't even try. Um, but I guess that means I well no rentals up on it anyway. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good synopsis. I think. Yeah, I think it's decent. I think distilling down danny's shining power to being that he is psychic is maybe a little bit of an oversimplification yeah um i you know first first time watching through this um yeah this was your first time wasn't it yeah and the one thing that just tripped me out more than anything and we can start here the 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 opening credits jim i know you hate them i can't stand them you don't like them therefore you should know this movie's not getting a 10 for me okay fine whatever but the camera work was fucking insane it's a huge theme in this movie throughout absolutely there's some amazing camera work that cannot be understated did they use a helicopter is that probably what they? i think they must have had to yeah. Or maybe an overhead plane. It's just the, the reason why I say maybe an overhead plane is the speed that some of the um, shots were at. It could have been that, but I, I don't know. Um, I'll tell you, it does not watch like a 1980 movie. It just really doesn't. And it's it's really visually very impressive compared to even some horror movies that we have now. So I think um, I agree with you in terms of how visually impressive it is, because it certainly is. However, I think it definitely reads as 1980, given how slow the opening is. Like, between the credits themselves true. and, like, the fact that for the first fucking hour, nothing happens. You know? Right. I, this movie's I long as fuck. We're getting, we're getting set the tone slightly that Jack, played by Jack Nicholson, is um, is actually, like, normal, I guess. Yeah, they try and That's sell you on that early on. And, and right. I'll say from what i knew of him in this movie those scenes where he's like doing interviews and he keeps saying like isolation is just what i need that kind of shit was freaking me out because i knew what we were going to get from him and what we've gotten from him in other roles that he's played like he's just he's so fucking good 
Like he's so 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 good. And, he's and just an off-putting, like looking person. Maybe that's a terrible he, thing yeah, to say, but like he creeps is. you out. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to like grasp because he's like top of his game. It's like watching Leo or somebody right now. You know, and he was in that stratosphere way before these guys were, you know, like Leo and Brad Pitt and stuff like true Hollywood star, like Jack Nicholson, like was the guy at one point. So it's like, when you go back and watch some of these performances, like it's insane. Like dude is an absolute psycho in this movie. And I love it. Yeah. My dad actually watched this one with me because he was staying with me after I got out of the hospital and he, him and I both agree that when we look at Jack Nicholson, whenever he smiles in like that interview, all we see is the Joker. You know, because that's yeah, our formative, for sure. you know, Jack Nicholson performance is, I believe, well, the 87 Joker is, or 87 Batman, excuse very, me. very, very sharp. Like, it's very... Like, yeah, like the corners like, of his mouth, like, they just go up so much further than they should. Yeah, and so obviously he was made for that role as the Joker, but <laughs> um, the, the whole premise of this movie is essentially that there's a skiing hotel and he's going to become the caretaker when when the people are away because certain parts of the building need to stay warm uh, yeah so the pipes don't freeze basically over the heart of winter and i mean this is in a place that like it's a small winter i mean they can't leave they claim that the road gets 20 feet of snow over the course of winter yeah so it's pretty intense And, and and Jack, of course, at the beginning asks why I close it. Seems like a good time to ski. Well, turns out some guy who had worked there in the past killed his entire family. Well, he did uh, that doing actually, the same thing that Jack was going to do. They claim that the 20 feet of snow and trying to keep the road clear is why they don't do skiing. Yeah, true, true, right. And and um, so that's, that's kind of the setup. And, and then we're just kind of stuck with this massive hotel um, where you know jack and his family are left alone what do we do we know the kid's name i forgot danny. the kid's name right danny now. danny so danny is uh is said to have the power of the shining because he's seeing things throughout the beginning and towards the end of this movie which some of the things that he sees are like snippets of what we'll see further in the movie and then just like aberrations of some of the people who've been killed already too um one thing i think that really needs to be talked about is how dick halloran the cook for the hotel when it's on speaks to danny through his mind while they are doing an an opening tour of the hotel when the family arrives so halloran also apparently has this power yeah right and meanwhile he's spewing off every single food they have in the pantry like he's literally listing the and about how many boxes fruits, of them they have dried vegetables dried prunes we got your rice here <laughs> she's just going like, on and on yeah, and talking about how they have like 20 t-bones frozen for them yeah, yeah. the meat yeah. the so, meat the cooler like i mean the reality of this movie is like not a ton happens jim you're right i mean obviously we 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 see over time that Jack is certainly deteriorating. Uh, he's losing his mind a little bit because he's a writer. And the whole reason he's come up here is to try to write his new novel. Um, the first scene that I think you'd call scary, I guess. Well, 
what I'm so new to this movie that like I know I know the iconic scenes coming in. I already know had known that, but what I didn't know is they take a while to set them up. Like when Danny's riding around on that little trike, I thought right away it's like, oh, we're gonna get the twins down the hallway because you know that's that iconic scene. But a few times Kubrick was literally just shooting him zooming around the fucking place so you really didn't know when it was going to happen which is part of his kind of magic of the way he did this but one thing we probably should talk about is he was kind of criticized for how hard he was on the lead actress in this movie um who what's her name wendy is Um, yeah wendy played by shelly duvall yeah so shelly duvall um set the world record for most takes in a movie uh the baseball bat scene was it like 132 takes he made her do something insane apparently he did that to um the guy who played halloran scatman crothers as well apparently he was reduced to tears at one point for doing over 100 takes of a scene and then got on his next movie he was with clint eastwood directing who notoriously only does like single takes and apparently then subsequently cried on the set of the Clint Eastwood movie because he was so pleased he wouldn't have to do the same scene over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, I, I mean, you can kind of see in the, the scene where she's done all these takes, like her eyes are welted over from like the crying she's done. And I'll tell you, like her performance in this movie, it's not good. It's like, polarizing. It's been it's one. It's like, one of the often talked about things. Quite often, because you don't know if it's, yeah. You don't know how genuine so, it is from like her working on the set of the movie versus like her trying to act it, and it comes across a lot. I feel like is overacted. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you're being under scrutiny that much, it kind of makes sense that that's how it would turn out. He did crazy things too to like Jack Nicholas. He made him eat cheese sandwiches every day, and he hates cheese sandwiches. Yeah, he did like that, that for a couple of happened. weeks leading up to the axe in the bathroom door scene, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, he uh, it, it was 1980. I, I I can't imagine what kind of weirdo... Uh, well, this actually would have to go back to Stephen King before it came to Stanley Kubrick's mm-hmm. vision, I guess. But, you know, he was clearly a guy who had more intense methods than we definitely see now. Um, but, you know, it in the end it made one scary ass performance from jack nick nicholas that's for sure so yeah um, i keep am am i pronouncing the name it's jack nicholson yeah yeah there you go jesus the golden bear did not make an appearance in this movie isn't jack nicklaus uh golfer yeah that's what i was just about to say (laughs) yeah he 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 has all the majors in golf that's Uh, all right but yeah so at like at the first uh i'd say like the first scene we see jack snap was the it was a pretty intense scene when he's kind of like yelling at wendy i think we did have some sort of background of like they had an actual fight in the he's past he's right? a recovering alcoholic so yeah there was an instant um that you don't really know i believe i don't think you really know what all took place but at some point he hurt danny in the past in one of his like you know when he was drunk and came home and danny had made a mess of his like work papers or something right you know and i read it as like he grabbed danny's arm to like get him up and away from the papers and like ended up dislocating his shoulder or maybe something like that that's That's the way i kind of sounds like read it because i mean like 
you know, I mean, most parents, as they say in the movie, don't really think twice about grabbing your child's arm, like if they're about to run into the street or something silly like that. And he ended up being drunk and, you know, like dislocated or twisted Danny's arm somehow. Yeah. It's not an excuse, but you can see how it would happen. It's implied that Jack feels like she will always sort of resent him for that. So they're... Their whole connection or dynamic is already thrown off a little bit. You know, there's some sort of rift between them, you know, from certain events that have happened in the past. So being isolated in this fucking giant hotel for the next God knows how many months in the snow can't really help, to be honest. Yeah, it was like, wasn't it like November 1st through like May 1st, I think? Yeah. It was something, it was like six months. Yeah, it's like they're closed more of the year or half the year and only open for half the year, which just seems insane to even consider running a business that way. Right. I don't, I don't, like, if you throw anybody this job these days, I I can't imagine anyone saying yes to it. I don't know. Like, I know I wouldn't. I think I would take this job if they got a TV and internet. I'm down. Sit there and I'll come back with like 50 fucking movies I've watched. Jim, if you knew you the gonna... hotel had previous murders and built on an Indian burial ground, would you still do it? I think <laughs> I would because I don't really <laughs> believe that I have The Shining, so True. I wouldn't see that shit. Okay. Okay. Well, take yeah, my PlayStation like, with me. It'll be a good time. There you go. I guess. I guess like a simple way to do this is like let's just jump to a couple of the fucked up scenes because that's really what makes this movie scary. Are, are the, the fucked up scenes? I want to go to the one where Jack walks into the bathroom with a naked lady because Danny has come back from there and that's where he got these marks on his neck. Yeah, because someone was apparently like choking out. him in room 237. Room 237. And, and so fun fact about that, by the way, um, the, there, there was a real room number in that actual hotel they filmed it in. They had to change it to a fake one. They were going to use a real one, but they changed it to a fake one so no guests would not want to stay there. Which is interesting. I'd you pay extra to stay there. Effect. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought the same. And I bet Ben Garrity would do the same thing. Just funny that yeah. we're talking about this. A little, little side note: I saw an article the other day that said the Conjuring House is up for sale in Massachusetts sold, or whatever. Or did it sell for like over a million dollars? Yeah, should buy that and make it a rental listed. property. That's the real way to make money on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That is a really good point. Yeah. I mean, it's um, fucked but, up. Some of the people that just even most recently owned it claim to still see ghosts and stuff there. It's yeah, crazy. and we're the weird, gen- we're the weird, gen- weird generation where it's not like run away from that kind of shit. No, we like, yeah, run right, go right at it. Let's do it. Yeah, um, but that scene, I'm still pretty fucked up from that. Well, because she goes uh, from being a beautiful naked woman to being a rotting old yeah. woman. Yeah. And then there's someone else in the tub coming back from the dead, too. It's really fucking something. Because he goes in for the kiss, and then it, it, like, the body's limp, and you're just like, oh my fucking god. Like, it's just so off-puttingly weird. I did not like that at all, and that definitely frightened me a little bit. Um, And I don't really get it, personally. I don't really get that at all uh because i don't know how jack was seeing the dead people as well because he doesn't have the shining right i don't know if that's accurate i think it's kind of like passed along father to child or parent to child so he may have it i haven't read the book in a long time 
because because like that's what's confused me about this movie is like danny can see the things i get that wendy can at the end yeah because she sees the bear not. giving a guy in a tux a blowjob in one of the rooms right yeah that's boy a did i miss that really yeah it's like one of the most bizarre it's like a blink and you miss it scene there's a guy in like a weird bear costume bent over a man laying on a bed in one of the rooms near their apartment and he they just like look up over at her when she like opens the door oh lord i didn't notice that i just looked at their faces thank god i missed that i guess (laughs) jesus christ from what i understand Um, though just to kind of get on the jack thing i believe you're, we're supposed to kind of accept that this is sort of like cyclical like this shit has actually happened before like we found out the guy had murdered his yeah. family there like i think it's like it's supposed to happen like he is almost quote-unquote chosen so then he you know, yeah it's like the spirits, spirits want to reveal yeah. themselves to him it's not like they, he needs a they, power to see them Right, and he's led down this path to madness then. Because I don't know why, I just love the scenes with Lloyd, the bartender, and that fucking just blank f- stare on his face the entire yeah. time as as Jack's just, like, talking to him. Like, Well, it's great you know, because you get a glimpse inside of what again, Jack's character's horrible. brain yeah. is supposed to be thinking. It's like, you know, all he wants to do is have a drink because he's now been sober for, like, five or six months, right? Right. And so he conjures up in his mind this, like, demonic bartender who is listening to his woes and, you know, kind of shit-talking his wife with him. Right. And all along, like, these these spirits that are talking to him, especially, like, Grady, um, kind of convince him that he needs to, like, you know, punish Danny or handle, you know, the situations with his wife and his son. Like, you can tell it, the influence on him is, is growing, you know, as the movie goes on. Well, the scene with Grady is... bone chilling because it's like grady is so like not giving in at first like that's who i am i'm the guy who killed my family basically and like he keeps saying i'm sorry sir and he's like cleaning his shirt because he's spilled on him and like jack's putting it all together in his head which this is actually him like getting ready to kill basically and the whole time this grady guy's like nope not me i didn't do it and then it just flips out of nowhere like this is how i fixed it like it's just whoa yeah (laughs) shit yeah that performance was really good from the guy who played grady i'll get his name quick yeah then philip stone the i mean the i guess one important scene we should say is there's a big old garden maze outside and danny and um wendy do go through it uh we'll need well wendy's stuck in the bathroom still just danny goes in oh you're talking about the first time when they're wandering before jack goes crazy i'm sorry yeah 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 and then um obviously we've got the scenes where danny's riding his trike around sees the twins who have been killed by (laughs) grady uh they do say sliced up into little pieces uh pretty fucked up however when you see them dead and bloody they are still very much so in one chunk yeah yeah i think that that's usually said most people don't actually like meticulously chop people into little pieces and i don't know if that's even possible just dexter yeah right yeah right well the way the previous or the guy running the place uh interviewing jack kind of described it is that he neatly stacked them in the room just reminds me of like stacking them like firewood you know right yeah which made it a lot more chilling than you know them still being basically in one piece 
the guy who's doing the interview is pretty fucking weird because like he didn't need to say that Mm-mm. he could have just been like there was a bad incident in the past no he needed to say like stacked him up in that room it's like that's yeah and tell him what up. room and everything you know it seemed yeah, yeah. seemed a little egregious like on his part. part of it well, well that's just it i mean it all like i said it's all almost on like a loop essentially it's like every piece just keeps coming back i wonder if you know this this movie has been dissected and no one really knows you know everything in and out the symbolism in this movie is also insane i mean there's like like i said it's built on an indian burial ground so in in the pantry scene we see things in the background with like indian iconography there's like freaking blankets and stuff that match like you know designs and stuff made by native americans it's it's like this movie like everything has a meaning so it's kind of hard to try and like you know define one thing one way because it could seriously mean three different things if you ask anybody else it's mm-hmm. it's insane that's why i love it so much it's crazy i think it's wild that some of those yeah. things still made it into the movie because like apparently kubrick was rewriting the script on set constantly like to the point that jack nicholson would only read the new pages they delivered to him he wouldn't memorize all of his yeah. lines because they, yeah. they kept changing shit yeah, I mean, the guy was a fucking psychopath, in a way. Like, to write a movie like this, I feel like you kind of have to be. And, um, like, I guess... Well, like, I, I mean, the only way we can kind of wrap this up is start with the big ending, I guess. And, it, like, let's talk about Scatman Crothers. He is kind of a vital piece of this movie because he can sense that something's wrong this entire time. Because eventually... Jack's writing hits a wall and like he's going insane basically and we see the beginning stages of that so Scatman Crothers keeps trying to get the cops to call the hotel and they can never get through and so he decides he's gonna fucking get there flies from Miami to is it in Colorado I think yeah. yeah and one of the I mean he's it's a journey for this guy to get there like, it's an absolute fucking journey. So, as he's, like, making this journey, finally, uh, Wendy discovers what Jack has been writing the entire time. And, my God, this scene is awesome. It's, in all different ra- ways, written... Um, what, all okay, work so and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Makes, makes Jack a dull boy, And he's written, yeah. like, a and thousand pages like- of that over and over again various typos and you know wrong capitalizations misspellings all of it yeah so that that's what he's been doing the entire time and so wendy discovers this and this is where things turn and like we know that jack's gonna well not fully yet because he gets locked in the pantry and then let out well this is after yeah he's let out by him right by the ghost of Grady. Can we talk a little yeah. bit about yeah. those locks on the freezer and the pantry? Because Halloran showed this to Wendy when he was giving her a tour of the kitchen. You know, in these movies, those big, like, freezer doors always have the little pin you can put in to lock it closed. How often do they think people in real life are putting live things into a freezer that are going to try and get out? Because it's um, not stopping anyone else from getting in because they can simply pull the pin and open the, the door. Locks on the, on yeah, the, the locks on the outside, and it's not like a key lock where you need a specific piece of equipment in order to get in. It's just a pin you pull. Right, I wonder if it's almost just to keep a seal 
I don't know, keep the door so, shut tighter, maybe. I have no idea. But again, nothing is going to be find... opening the door from the inside unless well, you right. trap a person in there, you know? I mean, <laughs> well, I've got, I've got this story. problem with all of I've these a... movies. But anyways, it's a fun story. I've got a fun story. Yeah, so um, back in the day, so my summer of my freshman year of college, I worked at McDonald's in East Green Bay. And we got this, like, hard ass of a manager who took over and, like, was streamlining everything to make a bigger profit which is like the stupidest thing you could ever say at a mcdonald's because it's not going to fucking matter it's going to make a profit but he wanted a lock on the outside of the freezer right so i've always to this day been telling the guy what's the point of this like we shut the freezer why are we locking it like it doesn't make any sense so i go in because the manager said it's making dollars we're raking it in here well, I go into the freezer and I'm going to get a thing of fries and I hear the lock on the outside and I immediately go and pound <laughs> on the door. But like this is this is like I think it was like 8 seconds after and it was a lunch rush so everybody was at the front of the store. I sat in that fucking freezer for 55 minutes before get someone out. I swear to God. You were the victim of a murder attempt is what you were. I've been able to call two of my friends from the outside, and one of them drove to the McDonald's to tell them I was in the fucking freezer. Needless to say, the lock after that was taken off of the freezer. (laughs) I probably could have gotten, like, some sort of lawsuit for that one, right? Probably. Go after the clown. Fucking call OSHA, man. I'm telling you, I was horrified. Like, for a while, I was just sitting in there, like contemplating am i ever gonna get out of here like and i didn't have bars for a little bit with my phone because it was like one of those old flip phones well and you're inside of a metal like like, case yeah so for whatever fucking reason yes freezers sometimes get locked and they shouldn't i'm with you jim i'm 100 with you (laughs) yeah and i didn't have a ghost like grady to To fucking let me out of there so i could go murder my manager yeah i would have but like I couldn't. So, anywho, um, there's a little side story for you. I'm the so happy right now. Was gonna that was great. But you're right. You're right. Um, I don't know what the point of the, the little extra lock on a freezer is because the only way that would happen is if something alive was in there. So, it's a good way to seal them in, I guess. But And this freezer anyway, has become your tomb. Yep. Yeah. It's a real sawmill. It almost too, yeah. did. Yeah, you could have survived I on the only... ice cream and like tried to thaw burgers with your breath. Well, we used to uh, like the the frozen cookies back there were the best because it's just it's cooked it's cookie dough it's cooked basically and we just warm them up. So like when we'd do shipment, we'd smash those on purpose to eat the frozen cookies. Like oh shit, they're broken. We can't serve these. I almost just cracked a thing of cookies open. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to... Would have been your reward for having to sit there for damn near an hour. Yeah, I think you deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. um, But yeah, no, I... I, That was... That was a fun day. And and actually, uh, I remember the guy who let me out. I just went through the drive-thru there like four days ago, and he's still there. So he still gets a kick out of that story, too. Um, But yeah, I was stuck in the freezer for almost an hour it was great i love it (laughs) but point being for anyone who's listening don't fucking lock your interior freezer 
there's no point unless someone's alive in there. And if they're alive in there, don't put someone alive in there. It's simple. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's pretty simple There's got to be like, what you got to do is install like a light switch with like an on-air light. You know, like, hey, there's a person in here. If you're going to do something or stupid, like a put a lock button. on it. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, this was a real, like, I was legit, like, yelling, I'm in here. And, like, the walls are really thick. So, like, you can't That's how they keep the cold in. It was fucked. It, it was fucked it was absolutely fucked so i almost died um but yeah so obviously he gets out with the help of the ghost uh which i don't get that at all it seems as though it's really flexible when they can like affect like real Real. items you know like be corporeal sure yeah right so um he gets out scatman crothers has somehow made this trek all the way here and gets fucking killed instantly. Yeah, gets axed like, by just, Jack. Which Jack's only kill of the movie. Uh, there's a fun fact for you right there. Uh, I thought he would have more than just one, but he just gets one straight to Scatman Crothers. Well, and at that point, I had kind of like zoned out the slightest bit, and suddenly there's just an axe in his stomach, and it scared the living shit out of me when I was watching it. <laughs> It lulls you to sleep a little bit because he's just kind of walking down the hallway and even the camera's like further behind him. So you're not like necessarily up with him as he's getting closer to where Jack is hiding. And then as soon as the camera like catches up with him, he just comes around the corner and just swings the axe like right in the fucking back chest of him. Obviously, before this, we had the scene of Jack chasing Wendy um, into their current hotel room. She has locked herself in the bathroom door. Jack, you know chops away while danny escapes to this uh, outside area and that's where we get the iconic here's johnny first you get the when he breaks in wendy i'm home which <laughs> wendy fucked up i'm too. home <laughs> it's so, so he's got a couple I'm great home. lines i think my favorite one i mean obviously john here's johnny is iconic but when he's when she he's like approaching her as she's backing up with the baseball bat up the stairs and she's like don't hurt me and he's like hurt you I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm gonna bash your fucking brains in. <laughs> I yeah, just love he, that. Owen feels really sadistic when he says it. Yeah, smike smiling almost. It's fun fact about the bathroom door scene. Apparently, the props department had put together like thinner or weaker doors for him to get through because apparently it takes a lot of effort to axe through a door. But Jack Nicholson was apparently a volunteer fire marshal at one point before being an actor and just tore through them mm. so quickly they had to then go make stronger doors. So that he would actually be slowed down enough. (laughs) So they say volunteer firefighter. You know what I wouldn't be surprised about? If he had just, like, done this in the past, like, tried to murder his family, (laughs) like, bashing through a door. Because he's so fucking creepy. Sold it. I would not be surprised in the slightest. Well, and it seems like Like, he certainly has an actual strategy, too. You know, he's got two big long cuts parallel to each other and then kind of pops that through to one degree or another. Yeah. And it's it's one of those, like, six-panel doors, and it's all done within one of the panels, you know? Which I think right. is it, probably it, the weakest area, right? It's the thinnest, you would assume. Mm-hmm. His, uh, Jack Nick, Jack Nicholson's live-in girlfriend would say, like, he'd come home from being on set every day and just go to bed. Like, he wouldn't even talk for, like, months and months and months of time. So, and apparently it took like forever that. to make this movie. Which is so surprising that's kind of surprising to me like well with all the constant script changes you know i mean how can you get something done right and and obviously this leads to a couple of the scenes in the movie that are pretty fucked up you guys mentioned the bear blowing a guy Mm -hmm. is that 
okay um and then the iconic blood coming out of the elevator scene get this that was only three takes yeah but apparently each take took like nine days to set up or something ridiculous the whole that whole scene took like a year to to film Mm -hmm. that just the blood scene um which was phenomenal but again i don't really get it because then wendy can see it too and i don't really understand that i i don't know where i just wonder if everything has just kind of come to the forefront now like jack has officially he's completely off the deep end so now all of like the spirits are kind of just like you know whatever the fuck yeah they're just trying to scare everybody at that point yeah so then we get a little chase scene of uh danny through the this this maze because jack's still trying to kill him and god damn it this danny kid is fucking smart genius Uh, because he stops at one point and slowly goes back through his footprints and goes around the corner like the iq on this kid is insane yeah it tries to lay some fake prints even this fucking guy's a genius um and then uses his own prints to back out of it um jack not as smart apparently and also has been wounded um he does not make it out of the maze as wendy and danny take off in this excavator home the snowcat man it's a badass ride yes sorry yeah um then we get the iconic uh, just frozen of him frozen i've you seen this as a meme um, many a time i had no idea that was from this movie because like it looks so bad it just pops up (laughs) it's hilarious it's good um and then the last scene of the movie is just a picture zoomed in from 1921 the july 4th like party they had there and it's got jack nicholson front and center of the photo take from that what you will point of goes back to like that cyclical thing you know almost like he's always been there and it's always gonna be like the same type of you know i don't know it's it like i said there's a lot to to when you really look into these movies um this one specifically it's like there's so much meaning behind everything it would take forever to try to (laughs) understand it all but um yeah it's creepy though again it's it's been a long time since i read the book but i seem to remember this not being in the book this is something that kubrick added added okay or you could almost look at it as he's just become part of like the hotel now like one yeah now he's one of the ghosts one of the spirit yeah exactly sure okay well that puts a nice little bow on the shining um to start scores i'll start i gave this an eight out of ten um i thought it was very good original um but even for me some of it was slightly over the top and to the point where like for a while i wasn't as much enjoying it um but still really like a good solid movie jack nicholson's performance really good uh actress that played wendy not great Uh, she apparently was nominated for a razzie for worst actress (laughs) wow well i i wouldn't go like i wouldn't go that far but um if you've actually looked into her story she's she's still like fucked up to this day so i hope that's not because of stanley kubrick i don't think that it is i think she had some issues before that um but yeah, I, I mean, like, the imagery of the movie, the the symbol symbolism is take it any way you want. So it leaves you kind of open-minded to make your own theories of this movie, which I like. 
Um, and then obviously Nicholson's performance was fantastic. So I think it's an eight out of 10 and it's up there with one of the creepier, scary movies I've seen you know, kind of one that like, I don't know if I'd want to watch it again because there's just uncomfortable scenes. in it. So yeah. You're up Anthony. Uh, I'll go ahead. Um, yeah, I gave it an eight also. I think this is like my second favorite Kubrick film. Um, I, I love 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's literally, like, I wouldn't mind ever doing that on the pod. It's kind of, it's a, it's, it's a maybe a boring slow movie to some, but I, that movie I just thoroughly enjoy. So that's my favorite, but this is probably my second favorite. Um, I love it. It's, a lot of the camera work we discussed is just amazing, and I'm a kind of a sucker for a lot of that stuff. And Kubrick's, like, just command over everything is whether or not it's, it's always a good thing, like we said about the effect it had on the actors. I just think it, you can tell a movie is a Kubrick movie when you see it, just by the way you, it's filmed or shot or just the way people are. Um, a lot of the stuff doesn't really age the greatest, um, but again, like I said, Jack's performance and then just a lot of the creepy shit, man. It just makes for a good horror movie this time of year, so I love it. I give it an 8. Now, and this is not to say that I don't like this movie, but I ended up giving it a seven. Um, well, that's I a five, yeah. Four, yeah. I just, I, <laughs> I have kind of a problem with how boring the first like hour or so is. I recognize that it's trying to set a baseline for how these people kind of interact with each other, but I think that it kind of takes a little bit too long to get going, especially for what it's considered to be a very scary movie. And I do think the ending is really just top-notch other than the weird picture thing kind of take some points for that but i love the whole hedge maze chase i love how unhinged nicholson gets i think it's that entire portion of it if that was more of the movie i think would be great um right I mean, also i was too oh sorry i was oh, ahead, also Jim. i was nope. talking with scott beforehand if you like this you should definitely watch dr sleep which came out in 2019 it's a sequel based it. upon the book written by stephen yeah, king and his son well. yep. did you say that now i'm feeling bad for not, not yet listening last enough. week last week i was setting yeah. it up so i'm glad you brought it up yeah. yeah but dr sleep very good in my opinion possibly better than the shining um Ooh. i think just because i think it moves a little bit quicker but also again very long they're both like two and a half very hour long. long movies yeah yeah but again that 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 movie too, I it kind of got mixed reviews, but I almost thought that movie was underrated. I agree. The um, Doctor Jim, Sleep. Jim seems to be a fan. Not too many people seem to talk about it, and I, I don't know if a lot of people I've talked to have also have seen it, except for you, Jim. I mean, it's it is long, but there's some freaky shit. Like those yeah, there's people, some weird shit in that movie. Like Rose the Hat, like mm-hmm. she's messed up, and they do a lot of creepy stuff in that film. And it, but they they go back to the Overlook Hotel towards the end of the movie, so you get some callback stuff too in it. So it's it's a good movie. I I really enjoy that too. Yeah, it makes me want to rewatch it. I bought that one on a whim like last Black Friday. Yeah, solid. Yeah, it was a good good guess on that one. For sure. All right. Well, that wraps up episode two of the Halloween Bonanza. Um, Let's talk about what we're going to do next week. So I put up a poll on Spotify, and we got a three-way tie because of the 75,000 people, 25,000 voted for one, 25,000 voted for the other, and 25,000 voted for the other. But the ultimate tiebreaker was sitting right here because Jim never voted. So Jim told me, 
that we're going to do Drag Me to Hell next week because that's what his vote would have been for. So if you haven't heard of Drag Me to Hell, um, I think this is a is a strong horror movie. I it's think got it was, Justin Long in it. I think it was in your top five. Love Justin Long. It is. It, it is. Um, now, I will say, the first time I saw it was in a very loud movie theater. It was at the Riv, Anthony, mm. um, in the screening room, oh, too, with, yeah. Ev- with Evan and Rob. And we all came out of there like, fuck, that was pretty fucking good. But it was loud as fuck. So if you've got surround sound for this one, turn it on. And you'll see why right away, because the opening title is very... <laughs> loud um, some of the scenes the some of the scenes though yeah. are just it's creepy as fuck oh, like some of it is it's, but yeah i it, just it's more on the paranormal side yeah so get, get ready which i'd that. say is where um, i like but, my horror movies a little bit you know the spooky you know ghostly sort of stuff like this, yeah. yeah should say too yeah. directed by sam raimi who did the evil dead and obviously the spider-man trilogy that you've seen right so yeah so it's i think it's good um and and i think we'll have fun with that one i'm a i'm a big big justin long fan and then we will is he better or worse than he is in jeepers creepers it's a different kind of performance because worse really okay i love him in jeepers yeah just because they let him be funny in jeepers creepers he's much more serious in this movie yeah and he's a funny man through and through well, in the beginning, in this movie, he's more like the don't be crazy type guy. You know, he's like that guy. Okay. Right? Like, you're, you're saying stupid shit, which is understandable. Um, but in Jeepers Creepers, he's on hinge. <laughs> and I love it. So, sorry, but no, he's number. With that being said, do we do we want to talk about what we want to do for the last movie? Because I've got it between Jeepers Creepers 2 and Freddy vs. Jason right now. I'm going to vote Jeepers Creepers 2 because I've never seen it. I want to do that a lot. I love it. Anthony? Yeah, I mean, we've already discussed... I'm going to have to try and uh, double feature them. The first one. I'm going to... We did a pod for the first one. If if you thought we couldn't get, like, a ton of content for the first, which I think we did, the second one is a content factory, (laughs) in my opinion. Because there's no scene that's, like, not stupid in it. Um, we will not do Jeepers Creepers three. Period. And there's we quotes for days in Jeepers. Jeepers Creepers three is is on my top list of one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Very fucking bad. Yeah. So you may have to watch it to complete the trilogy, Jim. But two is a little bit more fun. So that's how we'll do the next two weeks. We'll do Drag Me to Hell for week three of the Bonanza. Week four of the ba- the final week of the Halloween Bonanza will be Jeepers Creepers two. And I believe that episode will drop the day no that'll drop the week before uh, halloween week before halloween so that'll be like our halloween episode so we might come with a few surprises for that one too but with that being said jim i'm glad you're back to be able to talk to the people of where they can find us yeah so you can follow us on twitter at weave underscore scene underscore that or you can email us at seen that podcast at gmail.com that's s-c-e-n-e that podcast at gmail.com Speaking of the email, Jim, do you have listener Julia's email so I can <sighs> speak to it? Yes, um, she was giving you guys shit because apparently while I'm gone, the wheels just fall off this fucking car. You know, for the uh, September 21st episode, she was in her car ready to listen to um, the episode, and it wasn't there yet until Tuesday of that week. 
So I don't know what the fuck you guys do while I'm gone, but she was very upset. And then said oh, she was still older. our number one fan and your guys' favorite cousin or sister, depending upon which one of you it was. Yeah, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I, again, would like to begin my three-part apology with just saying I hadn't been that drunk in a really long time. Also, that episode got fucked up out of nowhere. It just stopped on me and Anthony. Like, my recording just fucked itself for whatever reason. God, God, not me knocking on wood right now that that never happens again because it took me like three hours to fix this shit. But anyway, I wasn't going to let the people down. We got the final product out. And I apologize. And I'm sorry that it ruined 75,000 people's drive to their work because that's got to suck. You know, when you're. It's a lot of bad drives to work. Yeah. I mean, Imagine we, pride our, and you- we pride ourselves on being the working person's way to work, you know, what they listen to. So. Is that what we're going after next? The blue collar workers? Well, no, I'm just just the Monday morning to... commute. That's what we're anybody going after. that drives to work on a Monday morning and is looking forward to a movie podcast. That's our niche. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm sorry, Julia. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll have to have you on sometime for a little bit, little bit of a movie discussion. So, with that being said, uh, that'll complete the fifty-seventh, sixth, sixth. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. See, we're getting... You're right. Nope. We have so what? many, we can't even keep track. I think this is 57. So many milestones. No, so many. Even, as per your numbering on last them. week's episode, that was 55, so that makes this 56. Got it. So, with that being said, thank you for listening to the 56... Thank you. Thank you for the receipts, Jim. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's good to have you back. Um... Thank you again for listening to the We've Seen That podcast. As always, I'm Scott. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. And roll credits.